just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekoler and the Louisville Real Estate Show with you until the top of the hour. Thanks for joining us on this Memorial Day holiday weekend. And our thanks to all veterans who have served, those who have lost their lives. We uh, we want to pay you honor and thank you for your service to our country. With us today, a, a good show with a lot of great people. We start with Cora Henderson, who is one of the head folks over at Pitt & Frank LLC. Hi, Cora. You can uh, reach Cora even on this holiday weekend for the most part. 895-9900. Also here, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team and they do a great job. They're the number one home team inspection service in the country now eight years in a row. And dare I say, we probably hope to expect a uh, number. Okay, I won't say it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we're, we're see progressing. How goes, yeah. 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 And you can reach Brad for both Home Team Inspection Service and for Team Bugout, his new yeah. uh, termin. What they're basically exterminators, right? Not just Ge- general pe- general pest control, oh. termites, bugs, mice, you name it, all, all of the above. Eight four 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 one one team. And if you are thinking of selling your home or even buying your home, now is the time to get in contact with us. We're busy, but listen, we can always accommodate more listings, and you can reach me. I'll come out. We can talk in person. We can do a uh, a consultation via Zoom or via FaceTime, whatever it works for you. Uh, and you can reach me several ways. My cell phone direct, and even this holiday weekend, I'm working 376-5483 is my number. You can go to bobsellslouisville.com and fill out the form. By the way, one of the folks I visited this past week, uh, Greg Bentley, uh, who loves our show. Thanks, Greg, for listening. And we've got a lot more to talk about here as we go forward. And we'll start, Cora, with you, a follow-up to our show last week. I'm not sure you heard this, Cora, but a lot of our listeners did. Uh, In uh, Prospect, one of our listeners received a police warning for leaving her garage door open. Folks, you may remember this. And Keith, who is one of our listeners listening to our show, uh, wrote us to say that this is just a safety thing. Our our listener who left the garage door open was worried if she'd end up in garage jail if she did it again. But no, Keith is saying just a, a safety thing. They are just telling you they stopped by and that you shouldn't leave it open. This is because of all the thefts going on. Keith says he actually had the same thing happen in J-Town. So it's a routine neighborhood patrol. We respect our police and we thank uh, Keith for listening and writing in with that update. Let's go to uh, the, the first question here. We'll start again, Cora. Uh, Diane writes in, good morning. You wouldn't believe this one. I walked into my house this morning and the smell of pot almost knocked me over since none of us live here uh, who use uh, pot. Uh, Diane says, believes it was the potential buyer and agent or agent, I guess I'm alluding to. And so that she's airing out the house and she wants to know what action can she take, Cora? Is there anything that she can do? Ooh, this is interesting. So let me make sure I understand this fact pattern correctly. So yep. she has her home listed for sale and a potential purchaser and or uh, agent that accompanied that purchaser, which I presume every agent, of course, in a vacant home should accompany uh, that consumer, uh, mm-hmm. may have allegedly uh, smoked marijuana within the premises of the home. Is that correct, Bob? That's correct. You got it, kiddo. Wow. Okay. So uh, at this point, if the smell is gone, uh, my question is, what other evidence would she have? Um, So as far as maybe the 
criminal uh, charges or discussion points. I'm not really sure if we have any since there's no evidence that they were not on the premises illegally, uh, things of that nature. However, I would encourage her to speak to her listing agent regarding um, a wonderful feature that you agents have called showing time. And on showing time, it tells them who registers to see the home. So is there a way that they could get in touch with whatever agent was viewing the home and who they may have been uh, accompanying and if they have any knowledge regarding this alleged incident? So I think that's a great starting place. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to have good discussions, communication, uh, and certainly reputation within our real estate community uh, and with potential cross-sale agents. So I would empower her to speak to her agent, let them hopefully solve that issue. And if it needs to go further, that agent will know what to do within their own board for those uh, possibilities. But I'm sorry to hear about that. That must have been uh, very frustrating and confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to respect if you're showing property, please respect it, uh, that it is somebody's home. We move over to Brad Lawler at Home Team. So this is a follow-up as well, Brad. We got a lot of things we're following in this uh, on this show. You may remember, folks, uh, an ongoing problem we've been tracking on the show with condo balconies. And if you follow the show, you know there have been a number of condo associations, not only here in Louisville, but really around the country, right, Brad, and maybe even around right. the world, right? Yes, yes. So they haven't taken care of the balconies, and they're in a state of uh, disrepair. And there are safety hazards and and concerns. In some cases, it's also caused problems with being able to sell the condo units because banks who are aware of those problems will not loan money on them. So that being said, uh, one condo complex this week uh, actually had another meeting looking at an assessment, <clears throat> excuse me, of more than $15,000 per condo for a Juliet balcony. Well, they've come up with a new plan. What actually is interesting, Brad, you and I talked about this, mm -hmm. using aluminum prefabricated yeah balconies, correct? Yeah, right. So I think they've had found a manufacturer uh, for the prefab balconies that could be built off-site, uh, shipped in to uh, to the condo here in the Louisville area, and then uh, installed. And I think the question that came up was the installation crew and the engineering that went behind it. Who was, who was going to accomplish that? How was it going to get done? And what engineers were they were they working with? Because yeah, it sounds like a, a like a nice, neat package deal. But I think the the bigger question is is who's done the engineering to figure out how it's connecting to the buildings, and how are they going to you know keep them safe uh, throughout the years that they are expected to last? And then how do they prevent that deferred maintenance you know issue from coming up yet again uh, with these with these you know prefab balconies? The good news is the price on these prefabbed aluminum balconies is uh, a lot less money. We're talking about 11000 per condo on average, but it could be a little yeah. higher, obviously, after yeah. install, but a lot less than what was being quoted before, fifteen to 25000 per condo. Yeah, and I, and I think with this association, they had a balcony that kind of put it back to this to the same type of usage that right. they had prior to the, you know, I, and I don't know that a condemnation of the balcony was the right way to do it, but obviously converting to a Juliet balcony, you lose that that ability to actually go out, you know, onto the balcony. So it's uh, it, it looked like a, you know, a good solution if if installed and uh, maintained correctly. So I followed up on this, and Corey, you might find this interesting. I drove by the building, and in the middle of the building, there are three of the, what would be these aluminum, eventually aluminum balconies that would be side by side by side, which would actually be for just one condo unit. 
currently the owners of the those balconies on those floors can walk from one end of the balcony to the other end of the balcony but the aluminum balconies will have prefabbed sides to them preventing the home owner from moving from one end to the other and i guess the question that i had been asked is is there a way to cut a door or some sort of opening so that the owners could go from one end to the balcony and use it more the way they have it now but i don't know that that's even possible yeah yeah that, that would be that would be an engineering design question on that yeah no kidding wow well i mean it sounds like bob you're still staring down that marketability question even though this must you know might be a cheaper option as was the juliet does that impact the marketability on a future resale and how they're using those balconies as homeowners that's that car that is a, a great question because i did some case studies to try to figure out what would the value be of a condo without a balcony or with a Juliet balcony, which folks, is just like a little gate that goes in front of a sliding glass door for a better or worse definition. And I came up with a, basically some uh, numbers, somewhere between a 15 to 25% reduction in the value of a home for not having a balcony as compared to when you do have wow. a balcony. So it, it's wow. a big number and worth providing some sort of balcony and doing it coming up with a compromise of the aluminum balconies, I think is the way to go. Yeah. Well, right. and Bob, it's not yeah. too much. Unlike when you go on vacation, you're staying at a hotel, you're on a cruise ship. What right. do we want? We want the upgrade. We want the balcony. We want the balcony. And even if you don't use the balcony, exactly. you want the balcony. That's like people who want to buy homes. They always tell me they want a fireplace. They want a formal dining room and they want a jacuzzi style bathtub in the primary bathroom. And then when we go to sell it after they've lived there a number of years, I ask them, so did you use the jacuzzi stuff? No, but we had it. Did you use the the, the dining room? No, but we had it, but they did use the fireplace for the most part. Okay. So Cora, long as we got you here, uh, Bobby wrote us, he came home from work early because he wasn't feeling well. He had just bought his home last month, caught his neighbor using electrical outlets on Bobby's house. And he said, Bobby says, I'm going to call the cops and tell them what you're doing. And this neighbor just laughed, said, you can't prove it, pulled the plug and pulled his cables back. So this sounds like a lot with the problem with the, the guy the smoking in the house. So what does Bobby do now? I would say uh, Bobby has just given us a perfect example of a new uh, power struggle, shall I say. Um, oh, so you hear this quite a bit as it relates actually to water. Um, I've heard stories <laughs> even uh, from folks working at the water company about, you know, have you seen a spike in your water bill? Somebody, do you have a neighbor that maybe filled up their pool with your water spigot, right? Because that can be significant amount of money there. So um, I haven't heard it with power. So this is first, but yeah. very interesting. I think uh, certainly it may fall outside of the realm of real estate law, but I would encourage him to call his local authorities. Um, was this trespassing? Um, also, do you have a conversation with LG&E and go ahead and get that on record to say, hey, listen, if there is an uptick in my bill, this is what has occurred. Is there anything that it can be notated on my file. Is there any um, process by which, you know, I can perhaps be credited back uh, and account for this? And and do you work with the local authorities to provide a report of that instance? Um, and, and at minimum, even if there's nothing that can be done, a report has been filed to hopefully prevent something from happening in the future, right? Because if they yeah. get a free pass the first time, guess what? The second time it happens, I bet you that free pass ain't coming. Yeah, very true. All right. Uh, a couple of things. We're going to take a break. When we come back, 13, 13 things you have to do before you leave on vacation. A lot of people going on vacation next couple of months. These are kind of a 
quick hit of things to remember to do. And uh, also, if you are thinking about wanting to see the rebroadcast of the show, because something we said uh, has got your attention, you can do a quick uh, going to your web browser and typing in louisvilleanswers.com. That'll be a redirect to our Google channel where, or YouTube channel, where we've got this show on as well. So louisvilleanswers.com. If by chance you want to see what sellers are saying about us, our Zocola team, go to louisvillesellerstalk.com. With us and continuing with us through the show, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. You can reach them at 844-411-TEAM. Also, Cora Henderson, Pitt & Frank, LLC, 895-9900. And to reach me, Bob Sekul, or anytime, you can call me at 376-5483 or go to bobsellslouisville.com. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Pip and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we're able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team. Get home team. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. In today's real estate market, you want someone you can trust in the driver's seat. In Louisville, that's Bob and Greg Sokola. Bob and son Greg have helped thousands of families just like yours turn challenges into solutions. They can give you a guaranteed sale of a custom marketing system to get your home sold on your timeline and for the most money, and they have an instant cash offer program. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show here with you until the top of the hour. Thank you, Barbara Corcoran, for your endorsement. We appreciate it. And by the way, the Guaranteed Sales Program, you can cancel at any time. There are no extra fees. And uh, all you got to do is give me a call at 376-5483 to sell your home normally or through the Guaranteed Sales Program. I'll come out. We can talk about it and figure out what the best path is for you. Also here with us, continuing to the top of the hour, Cora Henderson, who's over at Pitt & Frank LLC at 895-9900. And Brad Lawler, who is owner of Home Team Inspection Service and his number 844-411-T. So a lot of us are going to be heading out on vacation in the next couple of months, some things to be concerned about and what to do before you leave. Tidy up, 
before you leave because you may not like it. But when you come back, coming to a dirty house, not going to be happy. So tidy before you go. Pay before you go. Also, pay your bills, prepay, schedule payments, because that way you're not going to be late. You don't have to worry about it while you're on vacation. Give your bank notice that you're going to be somewhere in the other other part of the country or the world, because that way they know not to stop your credit card if you're charging something on it. And then, of course, if you lose it, you want to make a copy of your credit cards, keep it somewhere maybe online that you could access. So if you do lose a credit card, you have the contact information and the credit card number to keep with you or online so you can get to it and report the card stolen. Also, you want to bring in some food, non-perishable food for homecoming. So when you come home, you can fill your belly because you're probably going to be hungry. Adjust the thermostat. Now, you don't want to put it too high or too low, but if you want to put it at about 80 to 85 degrees with the air conditioning on, that will suffice to keep your house from getting... Am I right about that, Brad? Are you thinking 80, that's, 85? You think low? That, I, I would say I wouldn't go above 78, but that's... Okay. that's yeah, that's, 78 is good, too. I'm just yeah. trying to save some more money for that. Yeah. Uh, remember to update your friends and family that you are, in fact, going out of town so they're not worried. Hide the goods. Remember, larger, more expensive possessions go to a safe, especially if you've got rings. You want to put them somewhere safe. Collect spare keys. You don't want those keys running out there, especially if you've got neighbors. You might want to ask them to take them or, or give them back to you. Or if you've got keys under flower pots, get rid of those. Get Put those inside the house. You want to keep up with appearances. Of course, that means keep your lawn mowed, have somebody do that for you. And then your open blinds could be an invitation to burglars to peek in your window. So keep the blinds closed, just cracked a little bit so that there's light coming in and any light that you might have on. We've talked about this. A television leave on, even though it's going to cost you some pennies, but the blinking lights from inside will indicate to a burglar that somebody's home. And then remember to spotlight. Get a spotlight for intruders. Uh, so if somebody comes along, you can, the light comes on, it scares them off, which also reminds me in that last question, in the last part of the first part of our show, uh, we talked about some guy stealing water from the house. That is a perfect reason, folks, to get outside video cameras like Nest or Ring to keep an eye on the outside of your house, and you can track it, and then you can see if someone's doing something nefarious when you're not home. All right, so hey, Brad, I'm gonna, over you with I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to add two additional things to that. Good. Please take all the fruit off the table or your countertops. Don't leave it out. We're, we, that's just going to attract flies and a, and a call to team bug out. The other thing is, is take your trash out. You're not going to come home to a happy uh, family when you open the door and you've had uh, trash sitting in that can for a, a week or more. It sounds like you're speaking from personal experience, maybe? Um, uh, suffice to say that I've been in those situations that um, some things got left behind. All right. So Jen is looking for a company to clean her vents. She wants to know how often should she have it done and what should she look for in a vent cleaning company, Brad? That's the first part of her question. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, how frequently? That's going to be a, a, a personal choice. Uh, I know that a lot of the new construction homes, people find out they're really dusty and dirty, and there's just things that they get gunked up pretty quickly. So if you built a home recently and it moved in, you may want to have the uh, the vents cleaned out there. Beyond that, you know, some houses are just dustier than others. If you're regularly changing your your filters out um, and you're trapping everything at the at the point that's uh, the the filters catching it, you're probably in good shape. But if you're not 
in practice of that, if your filters collapse and you just you look down into the return vent, the the part that the air is pulled into from your say your living room or bedroom, and you see a lot of black and dirt in there, it might be time to talk to a uh, a duct cleaner. And what uh, should they point. what should she look for in, in a duct cleaner? Are they licensed? Or they uh, no, there's not any licensing. But you know, it's funny because I there there I know lots and lots and lots of people that clean ducts, but some of the very best ones are those folks who are technically knowledgeable about HVAC systems. One of one of my HVAC contractors does a really great job uh, with duct cleaning because he uses the right type of equipment and he knows how to get into all of the ducts without damaging anything. Um, or you can also find those people who are very skilled at, say, uh, mold remediation uh, or restoration services because they tend to be very, very thorough um, in their cleaning. I would, I would be careful. I'd be wary of anybody who is using compressed air uh, to to do cleaning. Um, you, there are systems that the better ones uh, have vacuums and they may have little brushes or spinning, uh, spinning. Like, I don't want to call them chains because they're not damaging anything, but they're they're breaking things loose as they go through. Keep in mind, you can only clean ducts that are uh, a solid. So the metals, you can't clean flexible duct work. So if you've got a lot of that flex duct in your in your attic stretch from, from point A to point B, that can't be cleaned without damaging it. So you can really only do the uh, the, the true duct work that's, that's made out of uh, metal or other solid materials. And what about dryer vent cleaning? Because that's <laughs> yeah. So dryer vent uh, cleaning, it, it kind of depends on what you have. You know, it's, it's interesting because we were looking at some pictures uh, the other day of literally a snake of the foil type of dryer vent that's just pull it off throw it away kind of stuff it's it just needs to be replaced if you're using the 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 semi-rigid the the aluminum um, metal type of ductwork um, then you can there are devices that you can get uh, you can probably just stick a vacuum into the pipe depending on how long of a run it is or you can buy uh, different devices at the hardware store that allow you to go in you know six or eight feet in and gets got like a, a nylon brush at the end and you can pull it through. But there are companies that specialize in dryer vent uh, cleaning as well, and they can make sure that the vent is completely cleaned out. And then if if the pipe needs to be replaced, they can they can replace those dryer vent uh, the 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 vent pipes as well, the flexible pipes. They can do that at the same time that they're cleaning the the exterior vents. If you want to send us an email, if you're looking for a dryer vent or ductwork cleaning. Send me an email, bob at we sell louisville.com, and we'll get some names suggestioned for you. Mm-hmm. One of the things I would always suggest is to make sure you look at reviews for whomever you hire, yeah. whenever you hire somebody. We, for example, are very proud of our reviews. See how I did that? I kind of worked that That's out. That's a nice segue. Yeah, nice segue. So yeah. you can see our reviews. Go to louisvillezillow.com or louisvillegoogle.com. We're really proud of our reviews. Cora, we go back over to you. Philip writes in, he says, my mom passed away and left her house to him. But his uncle, his mom's brother says, he has a will that says the house belongs to him. And to make matters worse, a cousin is saying that she has a will that says she gets the house. So what's going on here? Who gets the house? How does this get decided? 
uh, from a legal standpoint, Cor. Oh, Bob, that's another power struggle right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so I actually love discussing fiduciaries and estates. So first things first, if we need to ensure who is on title to the property, who was on the last deed of record, I presume in this instance it was the father. Okay, so Philip's father was the one that passed away. We'll call him the decedent. Actually, so it was his mom. It was her uh, mom, mom who passed away. Yeah. Uh, forgive me, the mom. So the mom will be the decedent. And we want to verify that it's her name and her name only on the title. So we'll just presume in this fact pattern that that's the case. So then you have three potential heirs all saying that they're entitled to the property, whether in part or in whole. So how do we prove that? How do we move forward? And if somebody wants to sell the real estate, what does that look like? So um, I think several of them allege there's a will. So we want to open an estate. We want to open probate. That's the same thing. We want to probate that will. In Kentucky, if there's a will, we want to get that probated. Now, if there are several wills, then they'll present those to the court and they'll select the validity of each. A lot of times if wills were executed um, after one another, they'll contain language that says that they revoke any prior wills, meaning that those wills that were executed prior to have no uh, validity or no effect. Okay. So those can be simply put up aside, torn up, whatever the case may be. And then that last dated will and testament should be the one that will supersede all the previous written wills. But certainly they would want to present those to probate court uh, to make sure that they are valid. And ultimately the judge will decide which will then is the one that's Stands, which one that's going to supersede, and they will admit that to probate. They will get it recorded. They'll open the estate, and then pursuant to that will, they'll ask an, a number of questions that are going to be important to us. Uh, one, first and foremost, they're going to select the personal representative. So that may or may not be the person designated in the will from mom to act on her behalf and carry out her wishes of her last will and testament. Uh, they may be called the executor or executrix. Uh, we have both the fe- uh, male and female uh, variations there in the state of Kentucky. And so the judge will look at that, decide if that person is willing to serve, uh, is capable of serving. They may elect to appoint someone else to serve uh, as personal representative of the estate, call them the administrator or administratrix with will annexed. And ultimately, they'll issue that order um, with that signature from the petitioner, uh, and they will put it out in writing for all of us to see who is allowed to serve on behalf of the estate. That person's going to be instrumental because they're going to have the authority to sign for mom to sell that house if that power is given under the will. So step one, verify we have the right person signing, make sure they've been vested with that authority by the court. Step two, we want to make sure the will gave that personal representative the power to sell real estate or the power to sell real property. And those are the exact magic words. It is insufficient to simply have the power to sell property because we could be talking about personal property. We're interested in real property or real estate. If that language is in there and that estate is opened, we already have our signer. And if that happens to be Philip, well, then he can go ahead and proceed with signing the real property. Okay. Um, The judges approved that uh, during that time in which he's uh, probated the will. Certainly, if anyone were to contest it, they may come forward. The judge may or may not agree with them, Uh, but that will contains the language they can. Now, if it doesn't have the power to sell real property, what are we going to do? And that happens quite a bit. Judge. Yes. Then we'll have to get an order of sale. And that's important for the real estate agents to understand because they have to plan for that event. It requires disclosure. It requires contracting with those timelines in mind because they have to wait to get a buyer, to get an offer, to get an accepted contract and to have the judge look at that and approve it and stamp it with an order to sell. So all of that's also going to be very important um, if we're interested in selling mom's house there. So hopefully that answered the question. Like I said, I do have a passion for 
speaking about a state. So if Philip has additional questions, please give me a call at 895-9900. We'd be glad to take a further look at the will that he has and counsel him. And Corey, Brad and I are both thinking that you're actually summing up by saying where there's a will, there's a way. Is that right? Where there's a will, there's a way, Bob. Ding, ding. And just out of curiosity, does Pitt and Frank do wills? We sure do. We sure we do lots of estate planning, powers of attorneys, wills, trust. We review some, we draft some. So we're really here to serve our consumers in the best way that we can. All right. We move on. Last question, Brad, for you. Miranda writes in, should a freezer be attached to a wall that is connected to a GFCI outlet? So yeah, this is a big debate. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wade in. The it's not a great idea to have it on a GFCI because of the fact that it can be tripped somewhere else in that circuit, and you'll never know it. So if you can avoid it, avoid it. But if you can't avoid it, then you need to come up with some sort of method to check whether it's checking to see if the light is on on that gfci outlet uh, but yeah it's uh those are those can be really really tricky mm-hmm. when you have a refrigerator or freezer on a on a gfci wow we've got a lot of stuff in there great job folks we are out of time our thanks again to Corey henderson over at pitt and frank llc they do as you heard not only closings, and they do a great job getting you closed, but they also do wills and a variety of other things. So you can reach Cora and the folks over there at 895-9900. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service and now Team Bugout. And if you've got a termite problem, I'm sure Brad and his termite team, as well as if you want an inspection. Yeah, Brad? We, we hate termites. We hate them, <laughs> so we're all in. Call me with those problems. You got it. You can reach Brad at 844-411-TEAM. And if you are thinking of selling your home now is the perfect time. You can do it next week as well, but you can call me today right after the show and reach out to me. I'll be glad to talk to you. We can also, I'll come out there. We'll talk about the process. We can do it via Zoom. We can do it via FaceTime, whatever works for you, or old traditional telephone as well. You can reach me on my cell phone, 502-376-5483, or go to bobsellslouisville.com, or just go to wesellouisville.com. Same thing. Thanks for joining us on our Memorial Day show. We once again thank all the veterans, everyone who served. Thank you for your service. For those who have given their lives, we respect and we honor you on this Memorial Day weekend. Thanks again. We'll see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.